Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hacker Hub. Uh, this is your host, William Parks. And today we got some fun stuff to talk about uh, so far as the FTC governing some Chegg issues um, and a China-backed APT-10 that is supercharged, uh, that is creating supercharged fileless backdoors for computers, as well as how hackers unauthorizedly accessed 130 GitHub source code repositories. So that and more coming up. Stay tuned, and we're going to hit it all in a second. So the FTC has given Chegg an F for Kalish cybersecurity that impacts 40 million students that use the company. Um, Chegg as a service, you know, me being someone who has used this in college, this has been something that I have actually personally utilized. And I have seen, honestly, as far as two-factor authentication stuff, you know, they don't implement a whole lot of cybersecurity. And it's truthfully, it's really, really frustrating um, especially to see it from a company like this where there are so many people that use it and even even just young adults too, um, just not kind of getting into their career. It makes things a little bit tougher whenever you're older, especially if you have data that gets stolen and can be used against you as far as identity theft goes. Um, Chegg should be on top of their stuff. And so the article basically says uh, the Chegg Educational Technology Company has been ordered by the Federal Trade Commission to get its cybersecurity in order after four separate data breaches exposed the sensitive data of about 40 million customers and, and employees. So um, they have had four separate breaches. Uh, if you were not aware, those have happened over the course of time. Um, the FTC accuses the company of failing to adhere to basic security measures like two-factor authentication while also insecurely storing personal data in the cloud, failing to, failing to implement a security policy, and skipping employee training altogether. So uh, these are all pretty big major things, especially in corporations and companies too, you know, you need to make sure that you have all of this stuff locked down. You even, I mean, you have to have a security policy. Uh, Chegg is not a small company. They need to have some kind of intermittent policy that governs something. And I'm sure that they do, but I'm also sure that it's probably not, what, what's the word? It's, it's not, it's not enough um, to really kind of cover the basis of all of their assets. And also there's no reason to be skipping employee training. Why would you I mean, nobody likes it. I get, I totally get that. <laughs> I can't blame you for that. I, I'm not a fan of employee training, but you have to have it implemented at some point, some shape, some manner. Um, and as a result of the FTP, FTC complaint, Chegg is now uh, re required to limit data collection and delete old stored data, as well as provide consumers with the option to delete data or opt out of collection. Um, and they also must implement multi-factor authentication and develop a comprehensive information security program. So this is kind of like, hey, Chegg, you know, you're earning millions every day. Uh, here's a swift kick to the butt. <laughs> it's time It's time to pick it up and actually really start caring about what you're doing. You know, you can't just start collecting all this data and just ho holding all of it. And it's just, it's a sitting, you know, honeypot right here for people to come up and take because that's one of the hot things right now It's just grabbing passwords, emails, all the general information, just to quick in and out, um, as long as, or as well as uh, grabbing company source code. Source code is a huge thing right now, just grabbing that, taking that, because, uh, I mean, you can make a bunch of different exploits out of source code um, in and of itself. So uh, Chegg took shortcuts with millions of student-sensitive information, um, and today's order requires the company to strengthen security safeguards and also offers consumers an easy way to delete their data and limit information collection on the front end. 
the commission will continue to act aggressively to protect personal data, which is good. Um, we need tougher laws as far as this data is kind of regarding, um, or as long as our data is being stored in other people's servers and devices, because it honestly, it, it you don't think it does right now, but the long-term ramification of not actually dealing with this or implementing any kind of safeguards is really bad. It's not good. It, it really does eat you up. Um, but again, you won't really know that until you hit that kind of stone later on in life. So uh, that's it for Chegg. Chegg has received the fat F, but that's okay because we're going to, well, it's, it, no, it's not okay. But we're going to move on to the next article. Um, now, there's a China-backed, essentially like hacktivist group known as APT10. Um, in the cybersecurity world, if you're not familiar, there are a lot of these kind of groups, and they're all nicknamed a bunch of different numbers, apt nine apt 27 apt 21 there are a bunch of different big apt groups and apt stands for advanced persistent threat um and essentially this is just a, a backed group that china is funding um and they're making custom fileless backdoors for machines which essentially uh is really i guess i guess the low down definition of this is the sophisticated never evolving threat group um, notice load info is being deployed against media, diplomatic, government, public sector, and think tank targets. So they're targeting quite a quite a wide array of people here. Um, not really just one specific person, but just trying to go for the general information uh, gathering sector there. Um, and the threat actors are constantly updating and modifying load info, which is the name of the actual exploit uh, that they're they're working on or their group. Um, I guess group quote unquote, there's no real name except for APT10. Um, particularly with anti-detection features and varying infection vectors, uh, it's been really difficult to stay on top of its use and deployment, uh, the researchers have, say, have stated. Um, load info and its infection methods have been constantly updated and improved to become a more sophisticated cyber espionage tool while targeting organizations in Japan and they did state that Japan is their primary focus of where they really, really want to hit. That's where they really want to get the most um, information out of. Load info and its infection methods have been constantly updated and improved to become more sophisticated, like we just said. Uh, the load info implants and loader modules were also continuously updated to evade security products and complicate manual analysis by researchers, um, which makes it even harder to detect if you've actually been infected by this. Now, JP Cert first named Load Info in a blog post in February of 2020 when it was the payload in a spear phishing campaign targeting Japan. Um, and this is all coming from Kaspersky. So a uh, fun, fun little tidbit fact about you guys or about Kaspersky. It's actually based out. It's not based in America. It's based in Russia. Um, just a fun fact. I don't know if you guys didn't know that or not, but if you didn't, there's fun little tidbit for you. Um, and the following year, Kaspersky researchers also shared new findings during the HitCon, which is a conference, uh, HitCon 2021 conference that covered load info activities from 2019 to 2020. And at the time, they attributed the malware to APT10, known as the Cicada Group. Um, with high confidence, uh, the researchers have, they, they feel like this is actually the group who's actually, who's truthfully doing this. Um, Tester's key latest intelligence on load info in the first half of their report focuses on their identification of current versions of the malware in which researchers detected versions 0.6.6 and 0.6.7 and their various infection methods tracked between March and September in use against targets in Japan. The second part 
unveils an investigation of new versions of LoadInfo shellcode, including 0.5.9, 0 0.6.2, 0.6.3, and 0.6.5, identified in March, April, and June, respectively. So APT10 is back at it. They're going hard. Um, you know, a lot of the things that they're seeing is that the modules that comprise this specific group's uh, malware load info, um, they're comprised of legitimate EXE files uh, from the 7K security software suite um, that are also used for DLL sideloading, as well as malicious DLL file located via the DLL sideloading technique. Um, that's their primary way of how they're kind of getting in and establishing this persistence through a backdoor, which also I forgot to define this too. If you don't know what a backdoor is, it's essentially once someone hacks your computer, it's a way of persistence. That's how they can consistently get back into your machine. Um, or they can send commands to actually happen with your machine and they can control your machine uh, via that quote unquote back door. It's like having a secret door installed in your house, like in your basement and you don't know about it, but someone else does and they can get into your house whenever you want. So we don't like that. That's not a good thing. You don't want that on your phone. Um, but unfortunately, you know, being as the, the, the defensive landscape, sorry, <laughs> got tripped up on my words there a little bit. The defensive landscape is really tough in the matter of the fact that you're always kind of one, you want to be a step ahead of the attackers, but you're always kind of one step behind. So you just got to stay on top of everything as fast as you can and find solutions for things as fast as you can. Because, you know, me being someone who's an offensive penetration tester, I do the offensive security. I do writing this stuff. I do um, threat emulation. I do all this stuff, especially with C2s, command and control servers, uh, which is a whole different topic that we'll talk about later. Um it's, it's hard to identify this stuff if you don't really know exactly what the attacker is doing. So it's, you know, it's always a fun time. Just be aware of APT10 and uh, this all the DLLs and the XE uh, stuff from K7 Security Suite um, that does include the, uh, the legitimate EXE and the DLL sideloading stuff because the DLL is really the malicious part there. Um, again, this is APT10. It is Chinese-funded or China-backed, should I say. And they are indeed making custom fileless backdoors. So uh, last but not least that we have to talk about is how hackers have unauthorizedly accessed 130 GitHub source code repositories. Talk about a massive breach right there. Um, file hosting service Dropbox on Tuesday disclosed that it was the victim of a phishing campaign that allowed unidentified threat actors to gain unauthorized access to 130 of its source code repositories on GitHub. So, oh man, guys, you know, the saying is still true. It's always going to be true. The weakest link in any kind of security policy, any kind of security program, even just cybersecurity in general, because this happens on even your own devices, right? Is that it's you. We as humans are the weakest link to any kind of cybersecurity, anything, because we are not as logical as computers. We don't think as logical as computers, and we can be manipulated and tricked pretty easy compared to a computer, honestly. Um, you know, all these phishing campaigns, and phishing basically means that they were sending emails to this company, to employees at the company. Looks like if they had access to this and they got a developer to click on a link, but they send an email saying, hey, I'm Jim Bob from, uh, I don't know, a data point data collection looking at your file systems, and I need access to... X, Y, and Z, and the employee's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you access. Or says, hey, here's a free swag giveaway. Essentially, all it is, they're just trying to get you to click on a link or open a file 
that's malicious and doesn't always have to be malicious and have a payload, but usually either it's malicious and delivers ransomware or something to your machine, or it's a fake login page where they steal your credentials and they're able to log in as you because you think you're logging into Dropbox, but you're really not. You're logging in on their fake website. Um, so Dropbox goes on to say that these repositories included their own copies of third-party libraries slightly modified for use by Dropbox, internal prototypes, and some tools and configuration files used by the security team, which is not good. Um, the breach resulted in the access of some API keys used by Dropbox developers, as well as a few thousand names and email addresses belonging to Dropbox employees, current and past customers, sales leads, and vendors. It, however, stressed that the repositories did not contain source code relating to its core apps or infrastructure, and Dropbox, which offers cloud storage, data backup, and document signing services, among others, has over 17.37 million paying users and 700 million registered users as of August 2022. Now, the disclosure comes more than a month after both GitHub and CircleCI warned of phishing attacks designed to steal GitHub credentials through fake notifications purporting to be from the CI slash CD platform. And the San Francisco-based firm noted that multiple Dropboxers received phishing emails impersonating Circle CI in early October, some of which slipped through its automated spam filters to land in employees' email inboxes. So that's really it, guys. You know, you just have to be aware of the phishing stuff. The, the spam filters are really kind of what save a lot of companies right now. Um, you know, being able to whitelist a lot of these things really does help and making sure that you're on top of all of your security training, all of the things that you need to be following on a daily basis for security really, are that that's the biggest thing, right? So don't let that slip out. Don't let any of that kind of happen. Um, this is kind of the quick tidbit, drop, down low, whatever you want to call it, of cybersecurity news for this week. Um, again, this is Wednesday recording for Friday. Uh, because I will not be here on Friday. We've got some stuff we have to go to attend to, uh, some meetings that I have to be a part of online and whatnot. So um, anyway, thank you guys for listening to Hacker Hub. I really appreciate uh, all the support, and we will see you guys here on the next episode.